Amen. Welcome to LifeBridge. Pretty exciting. Obviously, this is our first official Sunday as LifeBridge. We're excited that you're here as we celebrate our new name, our new brand, and we're going to talk about that here in a few minutes. And, uh, but obviously, while we celebrate the name LifeBridge, we are here, we gather here. It's our mission as a church to spread the fame of God's name. And it's His name we point to. It's His name we glory in. It's His name that we proclaim. And so let's continue and let's worship the name of our Lord Jesus Christ. Let's worship together with united hearts as LifeBridge. Yes, we sang it. Now let's shout it. Our God saves. Three, two, one. Our God saves. Pastor Bruce, eager, eager. Let's go to the Lord in prayer to this great God who saves, and here's our prayers. Oh, Father God, we praise you, praise you, praise you for your goodness and greatness. You have called us out of darkness into your glorious light. You have sent your Son to bridge the gap between your holiness and our sinfulness. You have sent your Spirit to bridge the gap between your throne in heaven and our hearts here on earth. You have called out your people to gather in this location for over 50 years. Your loving kindness endures forever. By your grace, the gospel has been preached and sound doctrine taught. By your grace, heresy and scandal have been avoided. And yet, God, we realize that we are an imperfect people and an imperfect church. And we thank you for your long suffering. We thank you for your blood of your son that covers a multitude of sins. And we ask, Lord, as a church gathered here this morning, that we would live up to our name for the fame of your name. That we as a church would bridge the gap between hate and love, between fear and hope, between doubt and faith. We mourn, we grieve for what is tearing apart our country and even the world. And yet we know, Lord, that your love endures forever. And your gospel that proclaims Jesus as the Prince of Peace will one day rule and reign. And we ask that we would be your ambassadors of love and faith and hope. And so this morning, Lord, at a time when there's just disruption, division, hate, anger, murder. We surrender ourselves this morning to not just be called life bridge, but to be a life bridge by your grace alone, through faith alone, in Christ alone, for your glory alone. And all God's people said... Amen. Amen. Again, welcome. We are LifeBridge, and while you're standing, I just want to invite you to greet somebody. In fact, greet them with that saying, 
greet one another and tell them, hey, we are LifeBridge. Be seated. And again, we welcome each and every one of you here on this special occasion in the life of our church. We're excited to be here and gather together as a community of Christ followers. And I know we have some guests here with us as well. And we're just so excited that you're here for the first official Sunday of our new name uh, here as, as LifeBridge. And we want to invite you, uh, if you're here for the first time worshiping with us, if you don't mind taking some time during the course of this service, uh, to fill out this connection card. And you'll find it right there in front of you on the back side of the pew in the card holder. And there should be a pin there. And just take some time to fill this out. There's a place on the front, place on the back. And then after the service, we invite you to bring this card to our information center. There'll be a host back there to greet you and just hand this card to them. And we have some gifts for you. In fact, you're here and you come from the mother load of all Sundays because we have swag for everybody. And so if you're a guest, that includes you as well, and we have a lot of free stuff here for everyone, from kids to students to adults, and we'll share with you about all that here at the end of the service. And so, uh, again, we just welcome you. We're excited as we unveil the new name and our new logo or brand, as you're going to see, and, uh, and just this tagline of We Are LifeBridge, and what does it mean? Well, believe it or not, God gives us some insight through the Apostle Paul on what this means of we are life bridge and what our mark means. And, uh, and so Kurt's going to come and lead us in our scripture reading. And we want to honor the reading of God's word. We believe in the authority of God's word, the supremacy of God's word. It is what we surrender our lives to for living as Christ followers here at LifeBridge. And so in honor of that, I want to invite you to reach for your Bibles. If you don't have a Bible... You can utilize the Pew Bible that's right there in the front of you on the back side of the pew. And so let's stand together for the reading of God's Word. All right. As you stand, if you'll turn with me to the book of Galatians, chapter 6. We're going to read verses 14 through 18. Today, as Bruce addresses our name change to LifeBridge, in the book of Galatians, again, we're going to read chapter 6. Verses 14 through 18, you can find it in the Pew Bible on page 674. But God forbid that I should boast except in the cross of our Lord Jesus Christ, by whom the world has been crucified to me and I to the world. For in Christ Jesus neither circumcision nor uncircumcision avails anything but a new creation. And as many as walk according to this rule... Peace and mercy be upon them and upon the Israel of God. From now on, let no one trouble me, for I bear in my body the marks of the Lord Jesus. Brethren, the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ be with your spirit. Amen. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, we just thank you this morning that, Lord, we can celebrate um, a new name, but God, a continued purpose and a continued mission. Lord, may we not boast in anything that we do, but Lord, may our voices praise you. God, may everything that we say and do bring honor and glory to the fame of your name and to your son, Jesus Christ. Lord, may you speak into our hearts this morning, challenge us to be bold in the mission that you've given us in this local body. God, we rely on you and you alone. In Christ's name, amen. Well, today we celebrate 
the official launch of our new name. In fact, it was almost four months ago that on Sunday of April 2nd, we voted as a church to change our church's name from Glenwood to LifeBridge. And we have spent the last four months here uh, preparing for this day that we have arrived to. In fact, I just, before we move on, I want to just publicly thank a few people, three people in particular, and I'd like for us to just to give a big shout out for their work, their involvement in making this day a possibility and a reality, and that is uh, Pastor Chris and Kim Adrian and Dana Polo. Would you give it up for them? They, they have done a wonderful job working tirelessly for these last four months, uh, kind of in-house, behind the scenes, getting everything ready uh, for us to enjoy and celebrate this day that we have come to. But there's one other person I also want to recognize, and that's my brother Todd. Uh, Todd took some time off out of his work uh, to come four months ago and uh, kind of lead us in a a task management process of helping us organize everything that needs to be done. When you change a name uh, for a church or a company or whatever, it's not a simple process. There are many, many things that you have to go through. And so my brother came in and just kind of led us through that process, met with us a couple different times. And so thank you, Todd, for doing that. Appreciate that as well. Now, if you, if you can't, if you haven't, you know, can't see by now, I, I'm thrilled. I'm really excited. This is something that God has placed in my heart, uh, a name change for many, many years. And, and it's finally been in this last year where uh, just through the leading of the Lord and through counsel with our leadership team, we felt this was the time. Uh, God is saying, go for it and lead the church into making this name change. And so I'm thrilled Needless to say, as your pastor to stand here and say, we are LifeBridge. And as you can see, we are LifeBridge. It's our tagline on all of our posters, our banners, the t-shirts that you're wearing. In fact, we are LifeBridge is also the web address for our new website, wearelifebridge.com. And I encourage you to check it out. If you haven't seen our new website, uh, it's really cool, if I can say that. And uh, it's been updated, it's new, and, um, and so go to it, go to wearelifebridge.com and check it out. And uh, in fact, I just want to encourage you that if you have questions about our church, if, you, if you're like, what's going on? What about this event? What about information? Go to the website. Just go to the website, and we try to do our best on putting everything up there, keeping it up to date. In fact, there's even a, a calendar portion there. Uh, an events calendar where we list everything, times, places, you name it. And you can sync that to your phone and whatever device you have. And so go to our website, wearelifebridge.com. And uh, it's mobile friendly now. It's easy to navigate. And if you need information, that's the first place to go. And for all you Facebook users out there, let me encourage you to connect with us on Facebook to like us and to go there and follow us on Facebook. Pastor Chris does a really, really good job, in my opinion, if I, I can say that. He does a great job in just uh, posting stuff that's not just trivial, that's not fluff, but it's, it's encouraging things. It's not only information about our church, but he posts information and tidbits that are encouraging in your walk with the Lord to motivate you as a Christ follower. And we've just recently added Instagram and Twitter as well. And so those are things that we're, uh, we want you to know about and, and be a part of. 
as we celebrate today, we are LifeBridge, I want to share what that means exactly. What does it mean for our church that we are LifeBridge? And I just want to break it down in, a, in just for a few short minutes here uh, of what that means in the three simple points. First, you'll see we are LifeBridge. This is our brand. This is our brand. And if you're sitting there and you're wondering, well, what is a brand? That's, that, that's a terminology I'm not quite familiar with. Well, listen to what Stephanie Thiessen writes on uh, lightandbroadcasting.com. She's a journalist and author, and she writes this. A brand is your logo, your website. It's your tagline. A brand is your color scheme. It's your building, your employees. It's your culture. It's your product and services. It's the way you do business. A brand is all of those things. She goes on to write, a brand is what makes your company your company. And of course, in our case, it's what makes your church your church. When it's done well, a brand changes the way consumers look about and interact with your business. For example, she asks, why do people fork over hundreds of dollars for a new pair of Nike shoes? Well, they're just shoes after all. It'll, I'll give you a hint. It's not the shoes. It's the image of the brand. Nike makes you feel empowered, she writes. When you step into a pair of their shoes, you can do anything. In fact, they're saying their tagline is, just do it, see? You get it. She also goes on and she writes this, a good brand is also a way of life. Think of the companies like Harley-Davidson or Apple Computers. Those brands change the lives of their customers for the better. When you buy a Harley, you're not just buying a motorcycle, you're buying a lifestyle of uncompromised freedom and open roads. And I should know, I own a Harley. I'm like, absolutely, that's it, man. That's cool. <laughs> Hardcore fans even tattoo the logo on their bodies. Those extremists are called brand ambassadors. And when you buy an iPhone, you're not just buying a cell phone, you're buying simplicity and connectedness. And she says you also paid a premium for it. I kind of like that. So what is our new brand? Well, this is our brand. It's in your notes. It's in the bulletin. It's up on the screen. It's on all these posters that we have around our church and here in the auditorium. It's even on the t-shirt that many of you are wearing. It's the diamond-shaped mark with four different colored arrows pointing inward to form a cross at the center. This brand or this mark is not accidental. It's intentional in its design. This communicates the heart of who we are as a church. It communicates the heart of what we do as a community of Christ followers. Our brand reflects our message to the lost world. It also reflects our mission as Christ followers here at LifeBridge. Now specifically, you look at those four arrows, and it symbolizes our mission to know, grow, show, and go. The yellow colored arrow symbolizes know Christ by conversion. And of course, that conversion comes through trusting or believing in, in Jesus Christ, the gospel salvation. It's represented to know Christ by your commitment through water baptism and then celebration, ongoing worship. 
which is what we come and do every Sunday on the Lord's Day here. The green-colored arrow symbolizes growing in Christ by being word-fed and spirit-led in the context of community with other Christ followers. And then you see the orange-colored arrow. It symbolizes showing Christ by loving, by giving, by serving God's people and those who are also far away from God. People who need to know Jesus Christ. And doing all this in the community where we live, where we work, where we play, wherever we are in life, we want to show the love of God. And we do that by loving, serving, and giving. And then we come to the gray-colored arrow, and it symbolizes going with Christ. And we do this locally and globally to the unreached and unengaged people for the purpose of sharing the good news that Jesus has bridged the gap between humanity and to a holy God. And it's through Jesus Christ that we now can be redeemed, that we can be reconciled to God. And so we go to share that message of hope in Jesus Christ, that He is the bridge. Why? So that they may know Christ, that they may... Follow Christ as fully devoted Christ followers. This is our pathway. This is our bridge to becoming and making fully devoted followers of Jesus Christ. Here at LifeBridge, as most of you know, we have defined what that is. What is a fully devoted Christ follower? What does that look like? What does that mean? And for us here at LifeBridge, we have defined it. It is one who knows Christ. It is one who grows in Christ. It is one who shows Christ. It's one who goes for Christ. And you are continually in process of growing in each of those things. That is us. And notice, notice how becoming a fully devoted Christ follower, it leads then to making fully devoted Christ followers. We know and grow in Christ for the purpose that we may show Christ and go with Christ, so that lost people may know Christ and begin to follow him just as we are. This is why we exist as a church. This is our mission as a church. It is to make fully devoted Christ followers who know, grow, show, and go. We are to be bridge builders that bridge the gap between a lost world and Jesus Christ. Man, that is our mission, bridging the gap. And I'm excited about our new brand that communicates that, that reflects that. I believe it represents the heart of who we are as a church family and what we do as a church. Now, what's interesting here, in the text that Kirk read for us here in Galatians chapter 6, is the Apostle Paul also had a brand or a mark in his words. He says in verse 17, I bear on my body the marks of Jesus. Paul called his brands the marks of Jesus, and he wore these marks literally on his body. These marks were the scars that Paul had received for the cause of Christ when he was beaten, he was scourged, he was stoned and left for dead. And Paul's sufferings for Christ had left their mark on him. In a real way, these marks represented who he was and what he did 
as a follower of Jesus Christ. Paul's marks were a badge of his faith in Jesus Christ. He was bruised and beaten because he followed Christ. But there's even more to consider here. This word, marks, that Paul uses was sometimes used to refer to the branding of a slave. And in Paul's case, his scars then marked him as a servant or a slave of God. One who truly belonged to Jesus Christ. It was a mark of ownership that his life belonged to God Almighty. This is our mark. And this mark that we see, this mark that we wear, it represents the heart of who we are and what we do as Christ followers. And so let me encourage you, wear this mark as a badge of your faith in Jesus Christ. Wear it as a badge of one who belongs to Jesus Christ. And if need be, tattoo it on your body even. Now, if you're under the age of 18, get permission from your parents. When you see this mark, when you see it on your shirt, when you see it on the free stuff we're going to give away here in a moment, when you see it on the sign, when you see it in the posters and around our church, let this mark remind you that our mission as a church is to know, grow, show, and go. We are LifeBridge, and this is our brand. Number two, this is our boast. We are life bridge, and this is our boast. Paul says something very shocking here in the first part of verse 14. In fact, he, it's radical what he says. He says, may I never boast except in the cross of our Lord Jesus Christ. Now this word boast, it means much more than just bragging. Much more than bragging. It means to exalt in, to rejoice in, to trust in, to glory in, and to live for. In other words, Paul is saying that I exalt in and I rejoice in the cross of Christ. I trust in and I live for the cross of Christ. The cross of Christ is a very shocking thing to boast in. Now, Paul refused. In making this statement, he's also saying that he refused to boast in any of the things that people usually boast in. Paul did not boast in his popularity. He did not boast in his intellect. He did not boast in his influence, his appearance, his income, or job performance. Paul absolutely refused to take pride in any of his abilities, in any of his accomplishments. That is not what he boasted in which was strange because those are exactly the things that people usually boast in, usually take pride in. What Paul only boasted in is even more shocking, the cross of Christ. Now today we think of the cross as something noble. We may even think of the cross as something beautiful. But to the people in Paul's day, the cross was nearly the ugliest thing imaginable. It's the ultimate symbol of humiliation. In the first century, the cross was an instrument of torture. It was a means not simply of death, but a means of ghastly suffering. Therefore, the Romans considered the cross to be degrading disgusting, despicable, detestable, and even disgraceful. And so it's somewhat hard for us in our 21st century culture to think of even a contemporary cultural equivalent 
to the cross of Christ. One that comes close is suggested by one contemporary paraphrase of the Bible where this author writes, God forbid that I should ever take pride in anything except the lynching of our Lord Jesus Christ. What a shocking thing to boast about. It's like saying, only boast in the electric chair, only rejoice in the gas chamber, only glory in the guillotine. And so like Paul, we boast in the cross of Christ. And like Paul, may we never boast in anything but Christ and Him alone. Listen, Christ crucified meant everything to Paul as it should to us here at LifeBridge. The cross is not just something to boast about. Paul says it is the only thing to boast about. This is why the cross is at the center of our brand. When you see these four arrows, they form that cross. That's intentional. It's by design. The cross of Christ, folks, is what redeems us from our sins. The cross of Christ is what reconciles us to a holy God. And the price of all of that is the blood of Jesus Christ that he shed on the cross. Philip Ryken writes, the cross is the only thing to boast about because it means that God loves us enough to die for us, that he saved us through the death of his son. It means that we have been redeemed, that Christ has paid the price for our salvation. The cross means that we have forgiveness of our sin, that Christ offered himself as an atoning sacrifice to take away our guilt. It means we are justified, that God now accepts us as righteous in his sight. God's wrath has been turned away, and now we stand innocent before him. That's all because of the cross. John Piper adds, for redeemed sinners, every good thing, indeed every bad thing that God turns for good, was obtained for us by the cross of Christ. Apart from the death of Christ, sinners get nothing but judgment. Apart from the cross of Christ, there is only condemnation. Therefore, everything that you enjoy in Christ is owing to the death of Christ. Every blessing in life is designed to magnify the cross of Christ. Or to say it another way, every good thing in life is meant to magnify Christ in Him crucified. Church, may we never boast in anything but the cross of Christ. And when we do, it changes everything. It radically changes your life. Paul says in verse 14, May I never boast except in the cross of our Lord Jesus Christ, through which the world has been crucified to me and I to the world. Now that's radical. That's empowering. That's the difference the cross of Christ makes. The cross completely changes what we value as Christ followers. It changes what we live for as Christ followers. The cross changes our desires. It changes our passions in life. The cross even changes our identity. Paul said it this way in Galatians 2.20, I have been crucified with Christ and it is no longer I who live, but Christ lives in me, and the life which I now live in the flesh, I live by faith in the Son of God, who loved me 
and gave himself up for me. And he did that on the cross. The cross of Christ is at the center of our brand because that is what we boast in, folks. We boast in nothing else. We do not boast in the name LifeBridge, although that represents our mission and our message. But we do not boast in that. We boast in the cross of Christ. We boast in that for the fame of God's name, not my name or your name or even the name LifeBridge. This is our brand. This is our boast. And all of that leads to a burden. We are life bridge, and this is our burden. We see our burden here in verse 15, where Paul writes, neither circumcision nor uncircumcision means anything. What counts is the new creation. Paul says there's only one thing that counts in life. Are you a new creation in Jesus Christ? That is a great question even for us to reflect on even now personally. And I ask each and every one of you, are you a new creation because of your faith in Jesus Christ? Has God radically changed you? Have you been born again by faith alone in Christ alone because of the cross of Jesus? Are you a new creation? That is the only thing that matters when it's all said and done. Paul tells us in 1 Corinthians 5.17, if anyone is in Christ, he is a what? A new creation. The old has passed away. Behold, the new has come. In other words, anyone who is born again gets a whole new life. He or she becomes a brand new creation. The only thing that counts, in other words, is being that. Being a new creation in Christ, everything else is just the details. We boast in the cross because it has the power to bring salvation to all peoples around the world. Paul says in verse 16, peace and mercy to all who follow this rule. Now, a rule. A rule is simply a norm or a principle. And in this particular case, what Paul means by this, quote, rule is the gospel of Jesus Christ. In other words, that salvation is available to all peoples, regardless if you've been circumcised or not, regardless if you are Jew or Gentile. That salvation is available to all peoples through the cross of Christ and that and nothing else. And Paul says everyone who was willing to follow this rule, in other words, submit to this gospel, bow and receive what Christ has done on the cross, receives the blessing then of peace and mercy. Mercy simply refers to God's forgiveness of our sins. And peace refers to the right relationship that we now have with God because of faith in Jesus Christ. This is the power of the gospel. God's mercy through the cross, it empowers us to experience peace with God Himself. You say, I didn't realize I needed peace with God. Oh yeah. Folks, listen to me. Apart from the cross of Christ, we are at war with God. 
The moment we were born, we were born at odds and in hostility and at war with God because of our sin. And through the, cr the cross, Christ has overcome this hostility in our hearts. He has bridged the gap and He has now made peace with God possible. And while Christ's work on the cross is finished, and we praise Him for that, amen? He's not continuing to die. It's not a repeated sacrifice. It is a once and for all sacrifice. And it is done. It is finished. And He now reigns in heaven at the right hand of the Father. And while the work is finished on the cross, listen, the mission continues. Jesus has commanded us to be His witnesses of His life, His death, His resurrection, and to proclaim that, to share and preach and proclaim wherever we go the gospel to all peoples around the world. The burden of that mission, this mission that God has given to us through Jesus Christ, is seen now in the outer diamond of our logo, our brand. That outer diamond represents the four corners of the world. Four points on a compass. The four arrows remind us of who we are and what we do as Christ followers. And the outer diamond reminds us that our mission is outward. Our mission is not inward, it is outward, it is local, and it is global to the ends of the earth. And the cross is at the center of it all to remind us that salvation is found in no other name but who? Christ, Jesus. Because of the cross, our burden is to bridge the gap to the four corners of the world, to every tribe, language, people, and nation. And we see this fourfold focus in Revelations 5 and 7. Look what it says in verse 9 of chapter 5. It says, And they sang a new song, saying, You are worthy to take the scroll and to open its seals because you were slain. And with your blood, you purchase for God persons from every tribe and language and people and nation. You drop down to chapter 7, verse 9, and John says this, After this I looked, and there before me was a great multitude that no one could count from every tribe, nation, people, and language, standing before the throne and before the Lamb. They were wearing white robes and were holding palm branches in their hands. Folks, that is our burden. Our burden is to bridge the gap to the four corners of the world with the gospel of Jesus Christ so that all peoples may come to know Jesus Christ. Our passion as LifeBridge is that God would use our church, that God would use us, myself, and you individually in reaching the great multitude of people that John saw standing before the throne of God. Oh, that John's vision would become our vision. That what John got a glimpse of, we would catch a glimpse of, and we would ask God, God, use me to have a part in the great multitude of people that are going to stand before your throne. God, here's my life. I give it to you. 
Use me where I go to school. Use me where I work. Use me in my neighborhood. Use me locally here in Kansas City, but also use me globally around the world until all peoples come to the saving knowledge of Jesus Christ. That is our passion, and that is our prayer to God Almighty. God, use our church to impact this community. Use our church to bridge the gap to this community and where we live and to the four corners of the world. And God, use me. Here's my life. I'm your servant. I give everything to you for this cause because of what you have done for me. Folks, we are life bridge. I'm thrilled to say that, but with that brings a burden. And my prayer is that we would commit even now during our response time, let us commit to bridge the gap until all peoples in our community and beyond know Jesus Christ as Savior and Lord. Listen, today marks a new chapter in the history of our church. God has used our church in remarkable ways to impact the lives of thousands of people with the gospel for which we praise God for. We took a whole Sunday to do that, to celebrate Glenwood, if you will, and for what God has done in the past. And as we gather here today, our past as Glenwood is behind us, and our future as LifeBridge is ahead of us. And though we do not know what the future holds, our God does. And so we commit ourselves into His sovereign hands as we seek to bridge the gap. And as we embrace our future as life bridge, let us do so with faith. Let us do so with confidence and with courage and with boldness in Paul's closing benediction here in verse 15. He writes, The grace of of our Lord Jesus Christ be with your spirit, brothers and sisters. Amen. That was his prayer, and his prayer rings on even for us as LifeBridge. Listen, leave here knowing you have the grace of God with you. You are not on your own to build bridges. We have God's grace. Let's bow our heads. And as we prepare for our own personal response, this is the time for each of us individually to personally respond to the Lord in prayer. And you're like, I don't even know what to pray. I would suggest this simple prayer. Lord, here's my life. Use me as your servant to bridge the gap. I want to ask each and every one of you just to just you pray that. Lord, I give my life to you. I surrender my life. It's yours. And I'm asking you to use me as your servant to bridge the gap so that someone may come to know you that I cross paths with. Use me. The instrumentalists are going to play a chorus here. And as they do, will you go to the Lord in prayer? You know, the burden that we have as LifeBridge is, in some ways, in many ways, is monumental. The mission that God has given to us as a church to make disciples and to be the bridge to the four corners of the world. 
That is not a mission that we can accomplish on our own. We need the power of God. And so what we want to do is take a few minutes here and beg God to bring His power upon our church. To ask Him to empower us to fulfill the mission that He has given to us as LifeBridge. In your bulletin, you'll find a prayer guide. And in it, you'll find our, our mission to know Christ and to grow in Christ, show Christ and go with Christ. And under each of those are bullet points. And what we're asking us to do now is to take a few minutes and to gather with two or three people that you're sitting next to and to pray right there in your pew and to pray verbally, not silently to yourself, but to pray. We want to hear a hush of prayers going up to the throne of God. And as a church family, beseeching God as the sovereign one to use our church so that others may know Christ and Him alone. And so will you do that with me now? Join me in prayer with two or three people next to you. And for the next few minutes, let's pray. And then what's going to happen after that? Sarah's going to come along with three other people and lead us in corporate prayer. And when you hear Sarah praying, that would be your cue to kind of stop praying and focus your attention then on what's being prayed from the pulpit here. Let's begin. Let's pray together as a church family. Heavenly Father, thank you so much for this first Sunday of Life Bridge Church. You are the one true God. You are perfect. You are holy. We are not, but because you love us so much, you made that perfect bridge for us, and his name is Jesus. He is God himself in the flesh. He came down to us, and we are so privileged every day to get to wake up and know that for a fact. I remember not knowing that. I remember being empty and afraid. And I thank you so much. You rescued me. And Father, your word says in 2 Peter 3, chapter 9, or verse 9, it says, The Lord is not slow about his promise, as some count slowness, but is patient toward you, not wishing for any to perish, but for all to come to repentance. And Father, we just claim that we are privileged to know you, but there are so many people that don't. And they are right next to us all the time. They're here in this neighborhood. They're in my neighborhood where I live. They're in the places that we work and the schools we go to. And Father, it just it can be overwhelming at times. But with you, it's not. With you, it is possible. You will redeem your people. It's what you do. And you've equipped us. We have all we need. We have the Holy Spirit living inside of us. And we have your word that we can read and feast on every day. And Lord, you supply that. So help us as we go out everywhere we go to be telling people the gospel with boldness because it's life, because it's truth, and it will free them. And I pray you'd use this church in a great way that our new name would be just a beacon in this community and in all the communities that we touch as members of this church. And please just keep adding people to your kingdom. We want what you want, Lord, and we thank you so much. In Jesus' name, amen. Father, Lord, we come. We come humbly before your throne. Father, we plead that your spirit would lead us 
Lord, lead our leaders. Lead us as a congregation. Lead us as individuals to grow in you. Father, I think of our services. I think of Discovery Hour. Lord, help us to grow. Open our hearts. Open our minds. Open our eyes to your word. Father, be with us throughout the week as your people, Lord, that we would open our Bibles, that we would spend time in prayer that would lead us to grow. Lord, I think of our grow groups and that they will be starting up here shortly. Father, as we meet in small groups, as we praise your name, as we love on each other, as we grow closer to each other, Lord, lead our hearts, grow our hearts in you. Father, I think of those individuals that are growing, going, excuse me, going through one-on-one -on -one discipleship, Lord, and I, and I pray that, that more would have this opportunity or this one-on-one -on -one interaction with mature believers, Lord, that you would grow through this time and those times. Father, I think of your word this morning, Lord, and I ask these things, Lord, that your kingdom come, that your will be done, not our will, not our will as individuals, not our will as a congregation, as a church, Lord, but your will, your will. And I thank you that Christ came and bridged the gap. And I give him the glory, and we give you the praise. Dear God, I pray that you would help us to show you and what we do, everything that we do um, as a church here, also in the community. Help us to show you. Um, I pray for our ministry teams. Um, no matter what they are, our Discovery Hour classes, our kids' ministries, even the nursery, setting up tables, making coffee. I just pray that in whatever we're doing, we would show you through our loving and our serving and our giving that people would see you through that and that our boast would be you and everything we do would point to you. Um, I pray that you would help us to not grow weary in doing well, that even in no matter what the ministry, no matter what we're going through in our personal lives as a church, that we would continue serving you and showing your love to people. I pray that we would be ready to do good works to those in our church, in our community, and that through our love, they would see you. I mean, thank you so much for our church, for our mission, and I pray that you would help people to see you as a life bridge, that we would be that life bridge to the people that we come in contact with, in Jesus' name. And Father, we thank you for the privilege of being a part of this day, a part of this celebration, but yet, Father, I, I'm so thankful for the words of Pastor Bruce when he talked about the burden. Father, it's a bold declaration to say we are life bridge, and I would pray, Father, that you would help us to recognize and realize that this is not just the mission of the church and thinking of it as some separate entity, but, Father, that we would recognize that we are the church 
and that this is our personal mission as well. We are, I am, a life bridge. I can share that message with someone and introduce them to Jesus Christ so that they might recognize he is the ultimate and true life bridge to bridge the gap from uh, death, eternal separation with God to his presence. Thank you, Father, for the fact that you sent your son to die on the cross for our sins so that we might have eternal life. May we live that message. May we proclaim that message. I'm so thankful as I think in my own life, some 36 years ago, that you led a young lady who already knew Christ, who was growing in Christ, who had a desire to show Christ, and she went and told me how I might be saved. And Father, everyone in this room right now that knows Christ as Savior can think of the moment when they trusted Christ as Savior. And so, Father, help us to be that bridge, to bring that message, that light, message of truth and life to those around us, to not just leave it as we walk out these doors today and say, that was nice, that was great, that was fun. But, Father, that we walk out with that burden to boast only in Christ and Him crucified. We pray for our missionaries that proclaim this message around the world. We thank you for our pastors and would pray, Father, that you would just guide and direct them in the days and weeks to come. We know a bold declaration like this that the enemy will not be happy and will not be quiet. And so we lift up our pastors. We thank you again for the privilege that you've called us to know, grow, show, and then go. As we walk out these doors, may we recognize that you've planted each one of us in a place of unique ability to interact with our neighbors, our coworkers, our classmates, and that, Father, you've placed us there, no one else, us. Help us to go with boldness, I pray. In Jesus' name, amen.